and welcome to John Cook Ministries Podcast. I'm John Cook. I'm a retired Baptist preacher with over 50 years in the ministry of teaching and preaching the King James Bible, God's Holy Word. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day that it was written. We now join in progress, part nine of our continuing study on the pastoral epistles. In verse 18, Paul says to Timothy, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. The charge he gives to Timothy in this chapter is for him to prepare God's children to suffer. Suffering is included in the fruit of the Spirit. To see that, look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. There's that suffering business. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Trouble is the Christian's lot in this life. If this were not true, why would we need long-suffering as a fruit of the Spirit? In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, the Scripture says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It is our responsibility in training men for the ministry to get ready to suffer for the Savior's name. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says, If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 tells us, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 encourages us, saying, But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. As the songwriter wrote, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Timothy had been ordained, and at that time a prophet in the church evidently prophesied the ministry that the Lord had for Timothy. There were prophets in the early church because the whole of the word of God was not revealed yet. Today, we do not have such prophets because we do not need them as we have the whole revelation of God in his word, the King James Bible. Paul tells Timothy that the charge and the prophecies which went before on him were there that by them he might war a good warfare. The ministry is compared to a war. This is why we are told to put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We are also told, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We are soldiers for the Savior. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A soldier goes where he is told and fights where he is told. His life 
is not his own. It is given wholly for others. A good soldier fights for the truth and freedom. He obeys his commander's orders. This is the ministry that we have been given, and that is the ministry to prepare the troops, our students, for it is promised that the ministry is going to require our enduring hardness. It's going to require dedication and faithfulness. When we come to the end of our lives, we should be like the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, who said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So let us then prepare our students for the ministry, teaching them that they are in the army of the Lord and are to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 19. It says, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. We are told that holding faith, what does this mean? What does it mean, holding faith? It means staying true to the doctrine of faith, of salvation by grace, through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not to be tossed about to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby the Bible says they lie in wait to deceive in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Our anchor must be solid. It must be both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 says, Our dedication to the faith must declare, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. As the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 16 and verse 8, the faith is sure and steady for it is the very word of God which we preach. We are to train the student of the ministry to hold to the faith and earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude in verse 3 says in Jude chapter 1, the Lord calls on the church in Sardis, says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast. This we find in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 3. This holding on is not only in preaching, but in practice. Then we are to hold on to a good conscience. Now. What is a good conscience? A good conscience is the conscience that has been purified through the work of the Savior in this body of flesh. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14 tells us, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The purifying of our conscience is of the Lord and not of our flesh or our works. This is the conscience we are to cling to. The warning given is that by putting away the faith, our lives are made a shipwreck. If we as preachers shipwreck, what do you think will happen to those behind us, those to whom we are preaching? 
it is a certainty that they too will end up on the rocks. This is a warning every student of the ministry should be taught and take heed to. Don't get involved with those that are headed for the rocks. These Paul names in verse 20, he gives two of whom he says is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. These are two men in the church in Ephesus that had set aside the faith and were shipwrecked. Paul says that he delivered them to Satan that they might learn not to blaspheme. False teachers are not to be put up with in the church or appeased by the church. No, they are to be dealt with in accordance with the severity of the crime committed. The purpose of such dealing is not revenge, but to straighten out the offenders. So what we see here is how false teaching was to be handled by the church, and that was by separation from the false teacher. We today have many that think what we are to do is just tolerate false doctrine or bad behavior. But God in his word points out plainly that separation from false teachers is what is to be done. Romans chapter 16 and verse 7 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Why avoid them? Because Galatians chapter 5 and verse 9 says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little false doctrine will soon make the message false in its entirety. No toleration is not what God calls for, but separation. In our next lesson, we will be dealing with 1 Timothy chapter 2. Till then, God bless you. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Now, before you go, if you live in the Riverside, California area, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Faith Baptist Church, where our pastor, Nathan Cook, preaches the Word of God from the King James Bible. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment? Or maybe a prayer request, or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast, and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.